Hi, this is Brady Bryan with Brady's Corner. Every 15-minute episode, I'm going to give you a new business leader. We're going to talk about their ups, their downs, their accomplishments, what they've learned. And today, I'm really excited, extremely excited to uh, present to you Pat McKee of McKee Homes out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. And um, Pat, would you love to uh, get, uh, give yourself a, a quick intro? Yeah, thanks, Brady. Good, uh, good to be here. And uh, just kind of an interesting note, we used to be from Fayetteville until about a month ago. Now we're based, our headquarters is now based in Raleigh. So uh, we still build homes. Uh, we're a home builder uh, based in eastern North Carolina, now based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. And we build homes all in around Raleigh, Fayetteville, Southern Pines, and Wilmington. So kind of the eastern half of uh, North Carolina. That's great. That's great. And uh, Pat, I also know some very, very interesting things about you that you started McKee Homes in 2010. Um, today, you're building what, uh, 400 homes this year? That's right. That's so right. How can you talk about that progress? Have you been in home building all your life? Um, I would love to hear how that how that happened. Yeah, no, I actually got into home building in 2007. Uh, I had a friend uh, that had actually used to work for me, um, convinced me to come take a look at an Epcon communities project. Uh, Epcon is a franchise concept in the home building business that him and a couple of partners uh, did in, uh, uh, in right outside of Atlanta in Reynolds Plantation. And back in, I think, 2006, 2007, they uh, started this Epcon community and they sold 44 homes in 25 minutes on a lottery. Oh and uh, he called me up and he said, you won't believe what just happened. He says, you got to come check this out because I knew you always wanted, you know, before that, I, I was a mechanical engineer by degree and had been in kind of the sales and marketing field uh, my whole career and had always had an entrepreneurial spirit uh, and wanted to, you know, start my own business. And so I'm like, well, sure, I'll come take a look at it, not thinking anything of it. And then understanding the franchise business and how the support and me not ever being into home building, I was like, well, maybe this is a good opportunity for me to, to get in and do this. Obviously, not knowing what was getting ready to happen over the next couple of years with the housing industry. So I jumped into it feet first, uh, me and my uh, friend partner in, in Georgia and a couple of, uh, of his other partners joined forces and we started our first Epcon project in uh, North Carolina, in Fayetteville, North Carolina back in 2008. And uh, obviously again, we had no idea what was kind of on the horizon with the, uh, uh, the housing business at that time. And sure enough, uh, you know, 2009, 2010, the, the housing market took an incredible beating and uh, people were dropping like flies. Uh, my two partners uh, at the time got wiped out on some other projects they were doing and really had, no, you know, had, had no place to go. Um, I kind of started seeing the writings on the wall because I left my, my job. I worked for a, a, a Fortune 100 company for about 16 years out of college and you know, had a pension plan, retirement benefits, medical benefits, everything, made a, made a good living. And I left that to go jump feet first into doing this. And uh, I'm like, well, I still got to make a living here. And, you know, we're not making a whole lot, uh, if anything, on the houses we're selling here. So I started building a few houses on my own. And, uh, you know, it was difficult at that time because the banks would give you uh, two houses. You go build two houses. When you sell those two, come back, we'll give you two more. And it was, it was hard to build a business. And uh, right about that time, it was about 2008, uh, my brother had sold a business that he started up in Chicago for a bunch of money. And he had money in 08, 09, 010 when nobody else had money. 
and uh, we just had we were having a conversation over Christmas, and I was telling him what was going on, and you know the banks just weren't there in place. And he says, "Well, if everybody else is getting out of the business, it's probably time to get in it. So why don't we start a company? I'll put some money in." And let's just see where it goes. So in 2010, we started uh, McKee Homes together. And one of the first things we did was we went and bought this project I was involved in on a short sale from the bank. And then we started buying some other distressed property and some building some houses and then just grew and grew and, and grew from there. And then back in uh, 2010, uh, our dad passed away from Alzheimer's. He had had Alzheimer's complications for about 10 years. And he passed away right as we started the company. And it just kind of one of those things that hit me out of the blue. It's like, okay, I think I found a purpose and a passion here that we can put all this effort behind because my dad had always wanted to uh, become a home builder uh, after he retired. And he just, we think Alzheimer's kind of stole that uh, ambition away from him. So we, uh, we decided that we would start uh, the Joe, M Joe McKee Memorial Alzheimer's Fund in his honor. And every home that we sold, we we're going to put a percentage of that home into that fund. And then we were going to use that fund to support the Alzheimer's Association and all the communities and areas we're building and now all of uh, Eastern North Carolina. And it really gave us a passion and a purpose for what we were doing and, and a rallying cry for the community and for all of our employees behind to really help, you know, grow the company from there. Long winded answer to your story, Brady, but uh, or to, to your question. No, I, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm, I'm sorry to hear uh, about your father, um, but what a noble cause and endeavor. And, um, you know, what advice would you give for, you know, other folks, you know, wanting to, um, you know, direct, you know, efforts to not only business, but to, you know, other, other causes outside of business? Do you have any advice there? I, you know, it's with everything in life, a lot of it's timing, luck, uh, and, you know, sometimes you say you make your own luck, right? But, you know, being able to see things that come up and opportunities and, and having the guts to go take advantage of things. Um, and it's really hard, you know, because we all get comfortable and set in our ways and it's hard to make a change. And if you've got something that presents itself as an opportunity and, you know, you listen to your gut and your mind, you know, and, and if you're if you've got an entrepreneurial spirit, what's the worst thing that can happen? You fail. Mm -hmm. Right. But you mm -hmm. learn from that failure and more than likely. Uh, you end up better off than you were before, maybe not down the same path or same course, but just kind of following that gut feeling. Now, you know, there's a fine line. And I talk to my kids about this, you know, they have gut feelings about things all the time. And, you know, it's like, you can't be a ping pong about it, but you got to really do a lot of soul searching on opportunities that present themselves to you in life. And there will be, a, everybody will have in this country, everybody has lots of opportunities in front of them and being able to see the right ones and, at times, you know, some of it's a little bit of just blind faith saying, I'm going to take this leap. Had I have known today, uh, back then, what I knew was getting ready to happen in the housing industry, I never would have gotten into home building. And it would have been one of the biggest mistakes of my life, uh, career-wise. It just, you know, had I known it, I would have been scared to death and I would have said, nope, no way, there's too much risk here, I'm not going to do it, right? But I didn't know. So sometimes what you don't know helps too. You know, th those are so many points rolled up into one. Um, I would like to dig into a little bit of what you were describing in 2009 and 10, when things were just coming to, you know, a screeching halt. What was, can you describe some of the, I don't want to say low points, but, but the most challenging points and what was your resolve? Do you remember like the day or the thing you said, you know what, we're just going to keep building some houses and see what happens. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say it was a single day, but you could you could definitely feel the vice grips clamping down on the industry. And it was like every week something different was happening. And, you know, from the federal government level to the banking level, everything was happening. You know, we were in an interesting place, too, because uh, in Fayetteville, North Carolina and eastern North Carolina, you know, we had a slowdown, but we didn't have a crash. Right. Things slowed down a little bit, but things were still moving. It was just slower and more challenging. Uh, but everything you could see from the outside world, everything was starting to crash uh, at the same time. And, you know, right, right at that time, uh, I was going through a divorce. So personally, I was going through an incredibly challenging time. And, uh, you know, I, I had to have three kids uh, that, you know, you know, I felt like I had all the responsibility in the world to take care of. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, here I just left this great job with a great company, you know, with good benefits. And now I'm out on my own and in a business that could just completely implode and going through a divorce. And I had three kids that I feel obligated to, you know, take care of. Uh, that's a scary moment. But it also, you know, it makes you, uh, you know, you pull out all the stops and it's like, I'm not going to fail. Failure is not an option. Right. So, uh, you know, just keep trying and keep plugging forward. And, uh, you know, that's what we did. So, we, you know, we would find little opportunities and little ways, you know, to kind of navigate through the storm back then. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I also love what your brother said. Well, if everybody's getting out of it, you know, maybe that's uh, maybe we should, you know, go ahead first into this. Is there um, is that kind of a, just his philosophy? Is that more of a family philosophy or? No, it's probably more his, uh, you know, he was an entrepreneur and built an incredibly successful business and sold it just at the right time. And, um, you know, he has a way of looking at things that's different than mine. And it's one of the things that makes us really good partners. Uh, and, uh, you know, in addition to be partners, I would say we're probably best friends too. And, uh, you know, we enjoy hanging out together, but we are polar opposites of each other and we butt heads and uh, he challenges me and I challenge him. Uh, but, you know, it, you know, that's kind of been, uh, you know, his philosophy has always been not a huge risk taker, but looking at what everybody else is doing. And, you know, knowing that when everybody starts to panic, obviously, when there's euphoria out there, that doesn't mean you get out, but you need to start watching for, you know, signs of, of impending trouble. But when everybody's panicked, and everybody's thrown in at the towel and everything else, you know, history tells you it's probably you may not be at the bottom of something right of a cycle, but you're probably pretty close. Doesn't mean you won't go into something and you might not endure some more pain. But if you've got, you know, the ability to kind of weather through it, you'll be you'll end up in a better place. I mean, history has always proven that. That's great. That's great advice. And um, hold that thought on the euphoria comment, because I do want to explore that a little bit. Um, you know, so you, you came out of, you know, a, a tremendous trough in the economy and, and y'all just started building and, and doing great. Um, it's, it's one thing just to, you know, come out of it and, and maintain an even kill, but you came out of it and you're now building 400 homes per year at a great progression every single year. Um, how did you, and that takes courage and faith too, to can you, you know, hire people, envision to put the right people in the right places. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you said it when you say putting the right people in the right place and it became, you know, we hit a point of after, you know, five or six years where it felt like we kind of hit a ceiling and we had progressed and it was just a struggle to grow the company. And, 
you know, most businesses, as they grow as fast as ours do, sometimes you outgrow your people, right? You've got people that are great to a certain, you know, level and a certain capacity, but as you get to another one that, you know, not that they're not great people, there just may not be a place for them in the organization. You've got to go out and get people with a different uh, mindset and skill set. And, uh, you know, the, the, the most important change I made was looking in the mirror and realizing I wasn't the person that was capable of continuing to run this business on a day-to-day day uh, day basis and grow it. And that I needed to make a change on myself and go hire somebody to become the president of the company and, and run wow. the day-to-day operations of the company. And we did that uh, two and a half years ago. And, uh, you know, we've made lots of good hiring uh, choices over the past, but that by far is one of the most important ones we did because we brought somebody in who had been with national home builders that understood scale, that understood how to grow a business and uh, was able to take the uniqueness that we have as a family owned, locally owned business and grow it to scale. Uh, And you know, and able to make the tough decisions that, uh, you know, we get emotionally involved and invested in our business, it's hard for us to make from time to time. So, you know, that investing in those people and then surrounding her with other leaders like her uh, that are able to, you know, propel and grow the business. uh, uh, That was probably the biggest thing that we did, you know, a couple of years ago to help us continue to grow on the path we're going. Wow, that that's a big statement. So you replaced yourself, you worked yourself out of a job and found your replacement. Yeah, and, I mean, and we, we work on a, uh, a business system called EOS. It's Entrepreneurial Operating System. A lot of people have heard of it, Traction. One of the greatest things we ever did as a business was getting involved in that and, and just helping us plan our business and where we wanted to go. And so uh, we got involved with EOS and Traction. And you know, in EOS and Traction, there are visionaries and there are integrators in the business, right? And a lot of times entrepreneurs sit in that one seat because they have no choice, right? They're both the visionary and the entrepreneur, but very few people are good at both. And I was a visionary. I'm, I'm the one that comes up with a thousand ideas and out of a thousand of them, maybe two of them are good. Uh, and, you know, just continues to bounce around and, and, and to see where the future is going to take us, but not the day-to-day operator of the business. And that was what we saw through EOS. I saw that was where the real gap was. And that was where, where my real you know, skill set gap was. And I was never going to get there. That's great. And on, on EOS, is, and not to, to pitch that or anything, but is that something that you found um, pretty, pretty easy to, to get into and incorporate into your, your firm? Or how long did that take? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, we're, we've been into it for about three years now. And uh, at the very first onset, when I read the book Traction uh, and, and understood what the op, uh, entrepreneurial operating system was about, I knew it was something that was simple and easy to do, and that, but more importantly, simple and easy to maintain. I, you know, in corporate America, I was involved around every flavor of the month of, of uh, you know, management styles and, and programs that were out there. And we'd create these elaborate business plans and they'd sit on a shelf and you would never use them. But EOS was one of those things that helped us to not only develop the plans, but continue to evolve them and continue to hold people accountable uh, behind those plans. Uh, and it was just, and it was simple and easy to use. That's great. Yeah, I'm going to pick your brain more on that at yep. a later date. Um, and you've shared a, a lot of great information. I want to come back to the euphoria comment. Um, you know, you said when everybody's having euphoria, um, that's when you might want to start worrying. Do you see that now? That's, I get asked that question a lot, especially in the housing market. You know, there's a lot of euphoria around the housing market. So, you know, that's when you've got to take a step back and look at the data and look at the macro picture of what's out there. And 
you know, I, I, there is definitely some euphoria in, in many uh, industries around, and I think we're going to see that uh, come to fruition over the next couple of years. You know, we had so much federal stimulus money pumped into the economy that it's going to pop a bubble in something over time. But the thing with housing is, is we have such a shortage of housing out there and the demographics spell it out, you know, in spades. And you can just see that the, the delta that we have there, and we're not going to catch up for 10 years if we build at an accelerated rate. And, and it so, just jumped, right? It just jumped to 5 million homes is the gap between supply and demand, right? It's huge. And, and now we as an industry have a supply chain constraint, so we can't build all the homes we need to build. You know, that doesn't mean we won't see in the next couple of years, interest rates tick up to a point where it dampens the market a little bit, but we're not, my personal opinion, we're not going to see a huge bubble or dip in the housing market because there is such a long-term uh, need for housing. That's great. That's great. And then do you want to share, like, um, how did you surround your president? How do you surround yourself now? Um, what is your focus now? What is your president's focus? Um, how do you surround them with the right people? And then how are, how are you surrounding yourself now and what's your focus going forward? Yeah, I mean, in, in short, um, you know, the first step when I surrounded myself with her was it was just, you know, open up my brain and have her pull all the stuff out of here. Because with any business, you know, I knew everything that was going on with everything. And any answer, any question that was out there, I probably had an answer to it. So getting that out of my head and getting it documented somewhere, getting it in a process somewhere, because that's the worst place you can be. It's natural for an entrepreneur to do that, but it's the worst place because the entire business depends on you for everything. So once we were able to do that, and she was somebody who would not tolerate me continuing to have the answer. So we forced the issue to me, you know, to getting the organization to know what I know and me to step back out of things. And that's hard, right? It's hard to step out of things that you're so passionate about and so intimately involved in. And, uh, you know, really then it grew into my role was really to kind of help direct, you know, I'm responsible for large uh, relationships with banks and, and local developers and just trying to see where the business and the industry is going you know, one of our newest focuses is to get into the build for rent space. Uh, and so, you know, really analyzing the build for rent space and how we want to get into it, how we're going to finance the business from that perspective. And then, you know, continuing to focus on we're doing many storage projects and apartments and some other, and we have a mortgage company. So all of those ancillary businesses we have, that's where I'm trying to spend uh, most of my time. In addition to, you know, trying to travel and, and enjoy my life now that I'm, I'm an empty nester. That's right. That's right. And uh, fortunately, you've got uh, some kids at colleges. You can go uh, you have excuses to go a lot of a ball game, a lot of the ball. That's game, right. right? So, that's right. And uh, congratulations on on uh, North Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina State. State. That's a bad you got you. <laughs> NC State Wolfpack. Yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor DJ had a, had a tough loss, uh, tough loss on Saturday. But um, no, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, so, you know, going forward, your focus, what do they say is uh, your, your focus is more on, on your business rather than in your business. That's and right. You've actually right. gone and done it. That's right. That's fantastic. Um, Pat, this is phenomenal. I can't wait to share this with the whole world. I know they're going to love it. Um, I really appreciate your time uh, today. And it's been a pleasure, um, you know, a pleasure during this conversation to kind of go through this with you. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to share, you know, maybe for uh, folks that have an interest in home building or other home builders out there? Maybe, maybe they are at that five-year plateau. 
Yeah, I mean, I, it's it, it's easy to say and it's hard to do, right? But uh, once you've done it, it's easy to say. But actually executing and spending the money to go out there to, to you know, look yourself in the mirror and admit what you're not good at, right? What are you good at? What are you not good at? And then finding somebody and, and investing the money, and most times it's expensive money, investing the money in somebody that can do things better than you can. And then, you know, if you each focus on the things that you do best, you'll be able to grow the company exponentially from there. Okay, thanks, Pat. I really appreciate it. I know everybody's going to love this episode. Thank you so much for joining us today on Brady's Corner. Please make sure to like and subscribe and uh, join us on our next uh, Brady's Corner podcast. Thanks, Brady.